today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God's commands always come packaged with God's empowering. And here's why. God will not be party to our disobedience. God will never command us to do anything that He will not also give us the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do it. That would be cruel, and it's inconsistent with who God is and how good God is. So God commands us to do something. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. God does not call you to follow Him and then not give you the power you need to live out that calling. Pastor J.D. teaches on this in today's message. Be encouraged. God's commands are always packaged with His power. He doesn't just leave you on your own. He's near and He's faithful to see you through. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I love the word carnal. It's a lost word in our vocabulary today. You know what carnal means? It means flesh, meat. You know when you go to the store and you buy a can of chili con carne? That's chili with meat, flesh. So bon appetit. That's what it means. Carn, carnal, flesh, meat. You get the point. Peter, you're fighting the wrong fight. You're fighting a spiritual fight with fleshly weapons, carnal weapons. He says to Pilate, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Do you realize that Jesus, not even with a snap of a finger, he wouldn't have even needed to do that. He could have just, you know, like we do in Hawaii, raise your eyebrows, you know. The whole of the heavenly host would have come down in a millisecond to defend the Savior. But no. Why? Because this is not my fight. My fight is not for here. You know, I mentioned this on Thursday night, and you know, I, it doesn't matter what I say, or even how I say what I say. The enemy is so subtle, and he twists it. I was talking about on Thursday night, this false teaching of kingdom now theology, dominion theology. Here's this false teaching in a nutshell. I'll just be as simple as I can. I hope it's not an oversimplification, but basically it's the kingdom of heaven on earth now. So we're going to fight and take the world, take dominion over the world for Jesus. That's called dominion theology. It's called kingdom now theology. And you'll forgive me, it's a doctrine of demons. Jesus said this, my kingdom, what are you doing? Peter, my kingdom is not here. Why are you fighting for my kingdom here? My kingdom is not here. My kingdom is from above. So, I mean, when you start asking yourself and really thinking through questions like, is it the right fight? And is the Lord my defense? 
I think we would do well to give the Holy Spirit elbow room to search our hearts in this regard. I've heard it said that if you defend yourself, God will let you. Let me say it again. Take matters in your own hands. You start fighting. I'm not going to put up with this. Don't you know who I am? Uh, no. Who are you? <laughs> the Lord is your defense. Let the Lord defend you. Do you realize that all of the power that Jesus tells Pilate is from above for him is the same power that is from above for you. I'll tell you, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years and I've learned the hard way and I've got the scars to prove it. So many times I've defended myself. And this is where the enemy is so clever. If he can get you to defend yourself, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to spend all your time defending yourself. That's his whole plan, is to get you to defend yourself. Let the Lord defend you. You know what I found? <laughs> oh, you know, in retrospect, you know how they say hindsight is twenty I'm sure that's a saying in the Bible too that somebody hijacked, but whatever. I look back on my life and I think about all those times where I just stayed out of God's way and let Him have His way and He would defend me. And it was always perfect, because He's perfect. And I think, oh my goodness, had I rushed ahead of God, took matters into my own hands, and tried to defend myself, God would be like, big mistake. I wish you wouldn't have done that. You're going to make a mess out of this. And isn't it true? By the time we finally bring it to Him, it's like the angels given charge concerning us. I feel so sorry for the angels that got my file, but they're like, why didn't you just you could have saved yourself so much pain and suffering had you but come to God sooner and said, here God, you defend me. Now look what you've done. Oh my goodness, look at this thing. This last one is what I want to spend the remainder of our time on. It's in the second part of verse 13 through to verse 16. And it's a biggie. Is the Lord my strength? Okay. Well again, that sounds like a Firm grasp of the obvious. I mean, we sing songs, you know, and the best worship songs, I'm convinced, are Scripture put to music, right? Which is what the whole book of Psalms was, by the way. The Psalms were songs that were sung. So I love those worship songs, but we sing it. Be the strength of my life. Be the strength of my life. Liar. What do you mean? Well, come on. You're doing it in your own strength. The energy of your own flesh. And you've got a life that is riddled with conflict because of it. You're not relying on the Lord. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says here as it relates to keeping this command. Did you notice that? This is a command. It is? Yeah. And not only are, are we to keep this command, but we're to do so blamelessly. Not sinlessly, blamelessly. Big difference. Now, why do I mention this and emphasize this? Because, stay with me, couching it in terms of a command is a game changer. And not for the reasons you might think. See, by virtue of the fact 
that Paul is saying that this is a command makes it achievable, doable, because it's a command. If it wasn't a command, then you might have some problems. Well, what do you mean? What I mean is God's commands always come packaged with God's empowering. And here's why. God will not be party to our disobedience. God will never command us to do anything that He will not also give us the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do it. That would be cruel, and it's inconsistent with who God is and how good God is. So God commands us to do something. And it's not, never imagine it like this, and again, you'll forgive the silliness of the illustration, but never imagine God saying, I command you. Okay, see ya. Wish you the best. You're on your own, kid. Check back with you. Better keep the command. (laughs) What happens if I mess up? Oh, that's how we think, isn't it? Man, I messed up. Yeah, and God has had it up to here with you. He has told you till he's blue in the face, and you did it again. That's it. How many times are you going to ask for forgiveness? I don't know. Peter again. I love Peter. He's querying the Lord concerning this forgiving others. And he says, okay, Lord, so let me see if I got this straight. So um, how many times do I forgive somebody that sinned against me? Is it seven times? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, Peter, 70 times seven. That's, wait, that's 490. You mean I have to, oh, so the 491st time I don't have to forgive him anymore. No. Listen, if somebody sins against you 490 times, yeah, you're to forgive them every time. How much more will our Heavenly Father forgive us? First John 1 John 1.9 has been called the Christian bar of soap. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Never imagine God is in heaven, and every time we mess up, I know I was commanded, this is a command, I broke the command. Never imagine God in heaven saying, that's it, that's it. Never imagine God saying this, you did? (laughs) How disconcerting would that be? When did this happen? What's going on? No, what, he's caught off guard? He's caught by surprise? No, he already knows. He already knows, even before you do it. How about that? And he still loves me. Wow. I think they call that unfailing love, agape love, unconditional love. Now, let's get back to this command being a game changer. For Paul to couch this in terms of a command means this. I can do it now. Yeah, but it's a command. Yeah, but if it's a command, then that means God is going to enable me to keep the command that He's commanded me. He can't not. He will never call us or command us to do anything without the enabling and the empowering to do it. He just can't. That's not who he is. First John chapter 5, and I'll close with this. This is, I already said it about Acts 20, so I can't say it about First John. 
my favorite, <laughs> you know, but what a great book. And it's not a long read, by the way. I would just encourage you, First John, Second John, while you're at it, Third John, even shorter. This is John we're talking about here, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I love in the Gospel of John, John will say things like, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know what he's talking about? Himself. You know, in the resurrection account in the Gospel of John, it's really kind of interesting because John makes sure to include the details of him getting to the tomb before Peter. And in John, it's like, you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved, thank you very much, and Peter. No, he says it like that. This is John we're talking about. By the way, this is the same John that would be put, according to church history, in a cauldron of boiling oil as a martyr, because he refused to renounce and denounce Jesus Christ. And then when that didn't kill him, they're like, what are we going to do with him? You put him in boiling oil and he doesn't die? Yeah, God's not through with him yet. He's got to write the book of Revelation. (laughs) Oh, that's why. So I know what we'll do. We'll banish him to the island of Patmos. Perfect. Here's your one-way ticket. And by the way, this was not like the island of Oahu. This was not a tourist destination. This is where they sent people to die. And he's on the island of Patmos, and he's given the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's this John. Now why do I set it up like that? Because when you consider the source, as we say, this is who is writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to listen very carefully to what he says here in verse 2 through 4. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. Hang on. In fact, verse 3, this is love for God, to keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. They're not? No. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. The good fight of the faith. In His power, in His might. This is why it is that John will go on to write, that you're going to know that you love God if you obey His commandments. Even Jesus would say the same thing, and John would echo it. (laughs) I remember growing up, my mom... Bless my mom's heart. I was not a an easy child growing up, but she would say to me in her thick, you know, Arab accent in English, and she would always call me Wahido, Wahido, Wahido. You don't love me. You're my mom. I love you, mom. What do you mean I don't love you? You don't obey me. If you love me, you would obey me. I'm like, oh, great. And I get saved and I read First John and it says, if you, if you love God, you'll keep His commandments. Oh my good, I love God. What does that mean? It's not, if you love me, you would obey me, you don't love me. No. It's more like this. When you're in the love of God, you're empowered to obey the commands of God. And here's how it works. 
It's the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love. You get to that place in your relationship with the Lord where you love Him so much you would never want to do anything that would grieve His heart. That's how it works. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a delineation between the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think we overemphasize the gifts at the expense of the fruit. I mean, hey, we here believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's another false teaching called cessationism, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. I think that borders along the lines, gets dangerously close. I'm not saying it is, but I would suggest that it gets really close to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are for today. They did not cease with the apostles. All of the gifts are available for us today. But it's not so much the dismissing of the gifts, it's the overemphasis on the gifts. When you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you have love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness. And I hate this one, patience and self-control. Is not the whole of the law summed up by love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? Love. And don't give me this, well, I can't love my neighbor because I don't love myself. Yes, you do. You love yourself. It really should be like this. Love your neighbor as you already love yourself. You love you. You are who you always think about. You, first thing in the morning. I wake up, I don't think about you. I love you, but I don't think about you. I'm I'm just being honest. First thing I wake up in the morning, who am I thinking about? Me. I walk by a storefront. They're all boarded up now, but back in the day when I used to be able to walk by, I'm looking at me in the... You know, you know, back in the day when they actually had rolls of film, I know you young people are like, what's that? <laughs> well, it's kind of like records. You know, they're a big black CD or DVD, only they're, anyway. But back in the day when they used to have the film, and you'd have to have them develop, and you couldn't wait to get your pictures back. There was always those ones that were duds, you know, it was like, ah, I paid for that. But uh, so you get these pictures back. Who are you looking for in that picture? Not your neighbor. And here's the thing, now with social media, you, oh, they have an app for that. Ha, I need to clean this one up. (laughs) They have an app to put more hair on that head, because, I mean, so you get these pictures that aren't even, I mean, they're fake. They've been touched up and brushed up and everything's been pulled up and, (laughs) because you know, when you get older at all, anyway, but you'll delete a picture you don't look good in. I'm like, wait a minute, I look good in that one. Why are you deleting it? Am I meddling now? What if I loved God that much? What if I loved you that much? Woo! I don't need an app. I'm not going to sin against you. 
I'm not going to covet what God's given you, because I love you. I'm not going to do that. The Christian I feel the most sorry for, the most pity for, is the Christian trying to live the Christian life in the energy of their own strength. And here's what it looks like, and this will be my final closing. (laughs) Here's what it looks like. I'm going to try harder. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I forgive you. I'm going to try harder. I won't do that again. Yes, you will. So we make vows. We make commitments. You know what? I'm going to go to church Thursday night. Okay? How's that? Wow, that's impressive. Because you watch TV on Thursday night. So that's, wow, what a sacrifice. (laughs) Okay, I am meddling, but I'm going to tithe more. And I'm going to make a vow, and you make all these commitments, you make all these promises, and you might do that on a Sunday morning here, and by the time you get to Cam Highway, you blew it. Yeah. Oh, how about this New Year's resolutions? Come on. What's the point? What is it, about January 3rd? You blew it. Forget it. Why is that? because you're trying to do it in your own strength, and it won't work. The best analogy I ever heard, I forget who it was, doesn't matter. So this is something we know a thing or two about here in Hawaii. You've got this canoe, and it's on the beach, and you want to get it into the water. And it's a big, heavy canoe. So you're trying to push it, push it, it doesn't budge. So you get the brothers, hey, you know, help me out. So they push, push, budges about an inch. It ain't getting in the water. I mean, we're using all of our strength, all of our might. And then in comes the tide. Oh, this canoe that we couldn't budge with all the brothers. Here comes the tide. It's kind of like effortless. I could use my pinky and push that thing in the water. Why? Because of the power of the water. You know, on the mainland, we don't know anything about this here, but they have what they call dams. They harness... (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) They harness... That was really bad. I I hope that that came out totally wrong. They harness the power of the water. That's where you get the electricity, because water is so powerful. You know, when Jesus said, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your life will become as powerful as torrents of living water. You see those floodwaters, how powerful they are? They're carrying houses like toothpicks. That's how powerful they are. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That power is available to us. And we don't avail ourselves of it. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family is a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 1 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. 
You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study the wisdom from the book of First Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 